On tonight's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Winona Earp is still the best show on TV after taking two years off, whether or not Fitz can show up on his own fucking show, and who is the most likely S.H.I.E.L.D. character to return for the final three episodes. All of that and more on the Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book, and this part is so important, or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I am back. I am here to take the throne as a rightful host yet again, and I'm here to lead us through all of this comic book TV that we have, and that's out there. But I, of course, brought some friends along. I've got uh, my one friend here, last week's host, my good friend Mike. How's it going, Mike? It's it's good. I mean, it's good to see you. I... It doesn't sound that genuine. I didn't know. It is honestly good to see you. I just didn't realize. I thought it was a permanent thing. Like, I thought it was Mm. like, you're ready for the majors. I didn't realize I was just keeping your throne warm. Yeah, it was just like, well, I mean, if we're being honest, it was a bit of a test. Is like, the board sent me out as like a reward, but also they wanted to see like what you, how you guys would do. And it was a little test for you. And I mean, it just like, it was your first time hosting ever. So like, can't hold that against you. It was a solid, it was a solid hosting, dude. I'll, I'll take the compliment, I guess. <laughs> Wait, are you saying it's only good time hosting if it's my first time? Yeah, I mean, like, we can't... Uh, it's your very first time. We can't hold that against you. It was... It was yeah, let's go with that, because I don't want to be insulted. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, your good friend Ryan was there to help you. He's also here again. How's it going, Ryan? Did you think that I did a better job with Mike than I did with you? D- did you do a better job of, like, handling Mike? Yeah, well, no, like... Uh, I like it's I, it's it's my job in life to just basically give you as much support uh, that you need, yeah. Cassie. Yes, um, always. Whereas I think that Mike is a bit of a dipshit, and so did you notice a difference in my tone? I mean, you I didn't thought... even listen, did you? There's no fucking way that you There's listened. No you were on vacation as a reward. I've never gotten yeah. a reward. Again, I don't know. Like I, you guys keep saying, like these memos from the board are like down. Mine are always positive, and they were just like really. They were like, "You deserve a break. You've been putting in some good work, so like go have a fun little trip." And like I, I can't believe this hasn't happened to you guys yet. But I yeah, think it was pay for it. Was it all expenses paid? Yeah, it was baby the mini bar everything. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think I've suggested this before, but I'll just throw it out there one more time. What if when a memo came in, all three of us read it instead of Cassie reading it and then interpreting what she right. read? Because what if it was supposed to be like a team retreat where we just get to bond <laughs> and she just took all of it? Did you sleep in three different rooms just changing every night what room you were in? Yeah, I thought it was just like a good reward. They're like, you did three times the amount of work. You deserve all of this. And like, no, they you're give not me- some sort of vacation Sarah Winchester so the ghosts <laughs> no. of other podcasters can't find you. It was like each night I got to sleep in a different bed. I had like multiple. I had it all. I had there was showed like a budget, and it seemed like it could be enough for three people, or it could be enough for one person to have a really good vacation. So, I just like allocated the expenses correctly. I think. I can't imagine what the mini bar must have looked like if they thought Mike and I were going, <laughs> and then it was just for you. Full handles of Sailor Jerry. <laughs> 
but yeah i mean you guys thank you for stepping up i did i do want to say thank you for that it was an excellent show but i i am excited to be back here hosting because it just it feels right to have the three of us back i do have to ask though um it has been a week and yet you keep talking about this throne of yours and how warm it still is like mm-hmm. what how hard did you sit in that throne mike sat so hard and i had a bit of a fever so <laughs> oh good and so it is a, it's a metal throne so it retains that butt heat mm-hmm. yeah so it's i feel so safe sitting in this throne i was worried about that but i was like mm-hmm. i want to give mike the shot like let him sit in the throne let him feel like a big boy and like, no, this this is very that this is definitely the time in the world in this country where you should be super stoked that somebody with a tremendous fever sat in your chair mm-hmm. that i'm sure that's gonna work out nicely for you <laughs> Yeah. And if I'm out again another week, it's just because I went on another vacation by the board. Just know that. Yeah, it's we do be- now. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> fully understood. Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, guys, after that time, you'd have to check up with me. And for the main event, we're going to be checking in on Winona after two whole years. Be sure to stick in for that. But first off, we're going to take a quick stop to the bullpen. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We are here for the bullpen. And again, we are not doing shushies this week. So, Ryan, what are we What are we up to this week? Well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the well, I would say one of two Mike Granddaddy shows of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I think almost more important than Arrow because Arrow was on before this show. And we sort of came in with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. With Agents, yeah. And Gotham and The Flash, I think, were... Our, for, we're our inaugural class. Yeah, yeah, Walking Dead and and Arrow were grandfathered in, which makes them great granddaddies, and these are our granddaddy shows. It's clear. So the fact that they were grandfathered is grand, great-grandfathered. Uh, yeah. Um, S.H.I.E.L.D. has three episodes in two weeks left, and there's a lot of characters that could pop up, like Fitz. Uh, Fitz, maybe he could just be on the show at some point. But what about, you know how, you guys know how, like, when shows end, everybody comes back, they come back to the bar or mm-hmm. to the, the coffee shop to, or the, the court, the, the trial, if you're talking about Seinfeld. The night court. The night court, if you will. <laughs> um, Especially when you have time travel in your hands. Like, you can go through and visit your old favorites. And Colson even called it out in this week's episode, we'll talk about later in the show, where he said, oh, just... Playing all our old favorites, huh? Right. Which kind of set the scene. Like, we will see more people we recognize. Yeah, and I, at one point, there could be this thing where the time travel, the ship, the Zephyr, um, is just going through time in such a slow way where it can look down on previous characters as they wave as the time, as the time ship <laughs> oh, goes by. Oh, That's the, how they end the whole series. Just everyone waving. Uh, but what we're going to do today is the three of us are going to draft teams of characters that we think could show up in the final three episodes. Uh, and we're going to be choosing from the course of the entire seven seasons, is it? Yep. Mm. Oh, way over 100 episodes. This, this, is a, this is a weird show in TV history. It's a show that uh, was, is a notorious failure and then just stayed on forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was a notorious failure until it wasn't. It has better ratings than all the Netflix shows. Yeah, it's, it was a notorious failure until... They realized that, oh, we're in like the DVR era mm-hmm. or the streaming era. And then, yeah, the numbers are okay. Uh, this is a draft. So, Mike, you're going to go first, and then me, and then Cassie. It's Serpentine. So, Cassie, you're going to pick two in, the, in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, where are we going? Uh, I normally panic and vomit a little when I'm first because it's always about something I don't know, like sports. But here, 
This is my bread and butter, baby. And I think there's a clear number one person who has come back to the show numerous times. He is the Tommy Merlin uh, of Shields. No matter how many times he dies, he will come back. It is Grant Ward. Yeah, Ward it, is definitely coming back. This is... The draft could be over right now, right? Like, this is such the, clearly the slam dunk first pick. Well, I mean, it could be a slam dunk of likelihood, but it sounds like he doesn't got a name that pops. It's like not... I don't know if he's going to be the most exciting one to come back. Just Grant Ward? Grant Ward. We're opening it up with Grant Ward. Just a guy named <laughs> yeah, Grant? He, oh, he's just a dude named Grant. He's just your neighbor who mows his lawn every Saturday. He, uh, he, Cassie, he was on the team originally. And he was a pretty boring until we realized he was the Hydra sleeper agent. And oh. then he got pretty crazy. And then we learned about his abusive childhood. And then he brought in Bill Paxton. Oh, uh, and then he Grant. turned into an inhuman god. So well, Grant but did it all. Grant's so of course he's going to come back. I don't think Cassie's wrong though. Like his his sounds like his name sounds like a fifties sitcom dad listing his friends. Yeah. <laughs> Grant Ward Stefanovich. I ran out of examples after the first two. All right, I'm up next, and I do think that was the best one. But I'm not going to go f- very far in the past. I'm going to say Enoch. Enoch. I'm gonna, Enoch. I think that, yeah, he's going to. They were like, yeah, that death meant so much that we have no choice but to bring him back right now. You don't think that would kill the dramatic narrative? Have you ever read a comic book or seen a comic <laughs> book TV show, Mike? Yeah, pick one up, you nerd. <laughs> but normally they wait like a season. It really, man, that I'd be bummed. They can't do or, that now, Mike. Yeah, there is no other season. But how I pictured, I was going to have Enoch on a draft too, so I'm glad you picked him because I feel like the other option they could do, because he did just die, so what are the chances they could bring back like hologram Enoch? Like he like left him, that can, that mm-hmm. opens up like he even just left a message for him. Like there's so many possibilities, but don't oh, ever it- forget about hologram versions of the people. Yeah, thanks for opening up that can of worms, Cassie. So now next week's episode is going to be the three of us screaming at each other about whether holograms <laughs> count or not. That's all I'm here for, just the chaos. I'm here to break uh, this Holograms team. don't count. Well, I think they do. Cassie, you've got two in a row. Where are we going? All right. So, you know, I'm new to the show. And as a good host, I decided to put like almost no research into this. So I picked all mine based off of just names and how excited I was for them, which is why Grant was low on mine. But I obviously... <laughs> I got to start it off with, (laughs) I I have high hopes for Ghost Rider, and specifically, if I could, like, my Ghost Rider is Nick Cage in this one, so I don't know, I I don't care who this Ghost Rider was, I want them to get Nick Cage on here. I'm sorry, so if uh, If the the guy who played Ghost Rider on the show comes back, you do not want the points. You don't don't count Gabrielle Luna playing Robbie Reyes. You're like, no, 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 no. No, unless they get my boy, Nicolas Cage, it doesn't count for me. I I am going off the draft here. I'm that confident. Okay. I mean, I do appreciate your... I uh, I don't know your dedication to saying I'm terrible at drafting and then proving it immediately. Yeah, just yeah. digging in those heels. Yeah. I guys, they can pull off anything. Okay, Ghost Rider. If there's only one Ghost Rider in my heart, and it's him, so that's the only Ghost Rider I want to see. That's my first pick. My second. I've pick, never seen either one of those movies. Are they the go- so bad? Dude. So, so bad. So bad. So bad. <laughs> Not worth watching. Bad. Well, I don't know. Maybe if you're super bored, <laughs> it depends. If you're in a mood for a bad movie, it's perfect for that. I but there's uh, a second one. Off. That's probably that one's probably better. He's probably giving me better advice. Uh, my second pick though is going to be Absorbing Man, just because that sounds like a nightmare, and I would love to see it. Whatever an Absorbing Man is. Just a big uh, tampon. 
<laughs> he absorbs it. He's maxi pet absorbent. He is a, a big bald dude, Crusher Creel. We all know he uh, he can take on the structure of anything he touches, and mm-hmm. so he touches like a car. He becomes a car. That's not how that works. <laughs> he becomes. Metal. You tell me, I get a car boy. I get a full car boy in this. Yes, car boy. Uh, and yeah, he was one of the first uh, bad guys, like Freak of the Weeks in the first season. And then he came back a few years later uh, as like an anti-hero guy in a redemption arc. So I could see him coming back for sure. So I got respect for my, a little bit of respect for the second pick, but still nothing for Ghost Rider. That's fine. I'll die on that. But no, you, you could have a lot of respect for the pick if you didn't put the Nicolas Cage thing on it. Like, <laughs> all right, this one is mostly uh, from Hopes and My Heart. Um, and also, this is not his character's name. For some reason, his actor's name, like his real name is listed here. And I do not understand why, Cassie, you did not... You said that you were going based on the name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm taking Nick Blood. Yeah. yeah, that's who I thought she was talking about. What's his character's name, Mike? Lance Hunter. Lance Hunter's not bad. Nick Lance Blood. Lance Hunter calling Nick Blood is, I think, the title of his spinoff show. His name is, like, the order of events of what happens when I shave. And that's fucking sweet. What if that is the scene? Like somebody just nicks themselves and they start bleeding. Do we count that one? Again, here to break this team up. If it's a hologram, yes. Uh, (laughs) Whereas Lance Hunter is the name of uh, who you hope your stepdad is not named. Like if if that's your stepdad's name, things are not going to go well. I don't want to hear him rail my mom. And I definitely will if his name is Lance Hunter. All right, Mike, you got two in a row. Where are we going? Uh, I'm going to follow yours up with Nick Blood's lovely partner in crime. Uh, maybe this is hope against hope, but I, I think they'd come back. They were, they were a big part for a few seasons. It's Bobby Morris, paid by the late, great Adrian Petaliki. I've never said it right or tried to say it. Um, I should have stopped at Bobby Morris. That's a very easy thing to say. And this is weird, too, because it sort of means that if I get a point, you get a point, right? Yeah, which is, I love holding hands and jumping off a cliff with you. <laughs> uh, they were supposed to have a spinoff show called Marvel's Most Wanted. This is mostly for Cassie, and I guess the listeners. And they were two awesome agents on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and they were like, uh, will they, won't they, divorced, married couple. Okay. And they were awesome, and then they left the show for their own show, and then ABC went, nope. Didn't get that? You don't get a show. Uh, what I'll bring them back for this, then. One of my fondest superhero show show memories is... Mike and I were discussing their last episode uh, where they were leaving the team in secret and there was this big finale goodbye. And in the course of me and Mike just demanding that uh, we believe each other when we say we didn't cry during the finale, we then almost started crying while talking about it. (laughs) Uh, And then I get another one. Yes, you do. Uh, I'm going to go, again, I think they're going to be playing with not just bring back villains, but like agents past, and I'll keep this going. Uh, he used to be a huge part of the team. Uh, it's Trip, and Trip's death was when the Inhumans came in and he died because he was not Inhuman. But uh, he was great, and he was charming, and I want to see him again, and I think he'd be a great addition for the last couple episodes. I honestly thought that he was going to be the guy who, you know, like if the movies wanted to throw the shows some bone, then Trip would have been a good way to do it. Just have... You know, an extra agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. that had a name in the movies. Yeah. Uh, but he died. But there are three of them, right? So that's good. One died, but there should be two more. There's at least There's two more. <laughs> they are the triplets. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with somebody who I don't think died, but it's 
getting harder and harder to remember. Uh, I'm gonna go with Deathlock. Part of this, I think, part of this draft is one: are they famous? Because that makes it hard to get them back. There's one person on this list who I think is like an actual name actor or actress. And two, uh, how much budget goes into them? And the problem with Deathlock is that he's a cyborg, and that means more money. But he's sort of a name character, and maybe they'll have him waving at the time ship as it flies by. And again, like when you're saying goodbye, going, but he was the first season, he was the MacGuffin. It felt like him and Daisy were the two new agents or two new like reasons for the show existing. Right. And then they quickly were like, oh, this money costs a lot, and. <laughs> He doesn't look great anyway, so we'll just go with Daisy. Do you ever think that about money? It's like, fuck, this money costs us a lot. If you think about, like, your life, yes. Yes, it does. All right, Cass, you got two. Oh, man, I got two. Okay. Well, I did have Deathlock because that's a sick-ass name, so I'm glad he's up on there. But I flew oh, one off of that. By the way, whenever we talk about Deathlock, I have to talk about the junior version. He had a daughter. She what? was like a 12-year-old version of Deathlock. Do you guys remember what her name is? Is it Death Locket? It's Death Locket. That's fucking adorable, <laughs> dude. That's so. Well, she she was one of the people when they did the Hunger Games for the yes, young superheroes. The Battle Royale, yeah. I liked that comic run. All right, sorry, Cassie. <laughs> if I could draft Locket, Death Locket, I would love that if she could be on there. But um, I think I'm gonna go based with... on the way that you draft. I'm pretty sure you could and would. Like, <laughs> never been on the show before. I dropped Death Locket and Henry Kissinger. Who gives a shit? I'm going to fucking kick your guys' ass at this. Uh, my real pick is going to be Sif, though, just because that sounds like a fake-ass name, and I need to see who that is. Like, that's not a real person or being. I mean, she besides Coulson, this is the only person from the movies, right? Yeah. And she, I think she's showed up twice. She's uh, She is uh, Jamie Alexander, I want to say is the actress's name, and she's from the Thor franchise. She's Thor... The Warriors 3 and Sif. She's one of the Asgardians who fought with Thor. Okay, so yes, I do love her. She's going to be a total badass then, so they got to bring her back. You know what? Maybe, maybe a decent pick out of me. Way to go, me. And I do like that you said it's a fake-ass name opposed to all these very real <laughs> names of real people. Death Hold on. respectable. Enoch, respectable. So anything that just rhymes with Ock. Uh, the fakest name that we've said so far is Nick Blood, the only real <laughs> name that we've said. All these fake-ass names. I'm getting a like I'm getting a little fucking verklempt right now just thinking about like this final battle, potential final battle in the finale with all of our characters and Ghost Rider, Deathlock, uh Sif behind them. Like it's not going to happen, but holy shit. <laughs> Would be great. And then uh my next pick is going to be Piper because it's the closest I can get to Pepper and I got to represent for my girl Pepper and have any hopes. So I'm going with Piper. Who the fuck is Pepper? Who is Pepper is from Katie Keene. <laughs> oh, I've already blocked out the entire show out of my head. Piper is uh she's our girl, man. Piper has shown up. She's an agent of Shield, and then she was like a voiceless background. She became one of the real crew in the last couple of seasons. She has been on The Walking Dead. Uh she lived in Fishtown with everybody else. She is in the DEO and Supergirl. Uh she might be my favorite actress. I love her. I hope she does come back. She's oh, yeah. Pepper from Katie Keene. She's Pepper from Katie Keene. <laughs> she does it all. She's Veronica's dad. Uh, I'm going to go with Glenn Talbot, uh, who is a season-long villain that went from, like, uh, government, military, mm-hmm. just butthole. You know, like how in every superhero thing, there's, like, some dude in the government that wants people dead. Uh, and they just became a supervillain on his own who could, like, Gravitron, I think. Gravitron. <laughs> yeah. Which... 
That is a villain from a like Saturday morning cartoon. Um, yeah, he definitely teamed up with uh, what's that skull guy who fought human? Who fought humans? Heman. Heman. Uh, Heman the human. That Heman was, of human. course, Skeletor. Skeletor. Skeletor and Gravitron. Yeah. I just in the writers' room, just like uh, power. I don't know. Gravity. Cool. What do we call him? Gravitron. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Type Look, it. Uh, I got a pizza coming. We got to get out of here. Uh, but yeah, this is an actor who's readily available, and yeah. you know, was he was like he was around for two seasons, and then became the point of the season after that. So yeah, Talbot. I think that's a, a fine choice. Mike, you got two. I got two. Yeah, thinking or about Or maybe one if Cassie wraps this up. We don't know how long this is <laughs> oh, going to so go. Do I got it? When is this team complete? Whenever I say? I mean, Mike, I if Mike drafts one right now, then it's over. If he drafts yeah. two, then we're, we all get one more pick. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll go think about who was a big deal at one point. Um, she was a friend, and then she was a foe. Some called her Madam Hydra, most called her Ada, and if we're bringing in holograms, my friends, she does that sometimes. So uh, I think Ada would definitely be in the the Remember Win. What score would you give that pick? What score? Probably eight out of six. Eight out of six. That's that's really good. <laughs> All right. So and then I get one more. No, I think I think that's probably going to wrap it. Do you want to read off these? <laughs> you had it. You took a. It wasn't confident enough. I had to cut it off. So, Ryan, and, what is that, what's that team looking like? And then I gave one more. Right? Then, uh, that's confidence. I choose Mike, another? Mike took Grant Ward, Bobby Morse, Triplet, and Ada. I took Enoch, Lance Hunter, Deathlock, and Talbot. And, Cassie, you have Ghost Rider, Nicholas Cage Talbot. only. <laughs> yeah. Absorbing Man, Sif, and Piper. Wow. Uh, what a good like, team. <laughs> I would say that Mike's in the lead strictly because of Ward, but overall, if we if we forget about the Nicolas Cage clause, um, then I don't know. I would say that this is a dead heat. Who who was the... You said there's only one real actor on this list of 21. Did any of us get that person? Or no, that's Calvin that? Zabo, Mr. Hyde, is an actual actor. He's a little busy twin peaking it up. Yeah, probably. he's always twin peaks and like always saying good coffee. Is that the catchphrase? He fucking loves good coffee. <laughs> That's it. Well, you guys, I'm excited to see how this stacks up. But that is all the time we have. And now we have to go and move on to our main event. Brought on by its parent company, straight up running out of money, Winona Earp is back, baby. When we last left this crazy family, Waverly was trapped in a snow dimension, Doc went after her, and now it's up to Winona and Hot to get them back. Also, Jeremy is somewhere too. Winona and Hot head to a big factory where they run into a child sniper and then, of course, zombies. Taste buds, I ask you, were you able to remember exactly where we were and where we were and with Winona? Does that matter? Thankfully, I'm going to say it doesn't really matter. This show runs on straight charm so much that I was like vaguely, I was like, okay, yeah, I think Doc might be a vampire. Okay, the town has been emptied out for some reason. Who cares? Like, when Anna's on an adventure, she has to save Waverly and Doc. Let's go. I mean, a lot of the first half of this episode was hot just saying, I'm going to punch Winona Earp. Yeah. 
And I mean, over over the course of the first three seasons, we heard that a lot, but I could not for the life of me tell you why that is going to happen. But at a certain point, you just roll with it. You just wait for the point where uh, Winona screams, hot, you great ginger bitch, but... <laughs> Give me one, and then just gets hit in the fucking face as hard as she can, you know. And then I don't care anymore. If if I remember, Boshar was like has been the secret big bad for the first three seasons, but was finally like real and the bit, real big bad of last season. And Winona didn't want anybody to die, and for some reason, only her and Waverly could take him down. And so she roofied all of her friends, and that's why Hot was so angry. Because one, you took a very competent, like warrior helper yeah. hero hot you took her out of the game but here's what's important here's why winona is always an interesting character i uh, just did it without telling her and fucking drugged her and said now you're gone yeah so it's wild thanks winona it's absolutely <laughs> wild what was even more wild is that like there was no that recap was like we have been here this whole time like that yeah. recap yeah. was absolutely was so nothing short. not like a two-year gap just happened it was they like the show didn't even acknowledge it. They're like, we're just gonna throw them straight into it. They it's like they knew it didn't matter. They were like, they're here for the characters and the absurdity. Like, let's just go for it. I also there might be a thing going on where over the course of two years, Winona Earp has sort of, I don't know, uh, bought into its own hype mm-hmm. uh, because over the course of the two years, it's become sort of this cult classic and. Uh, when you're a cult classic, I think you just assume that your fans rewatch you over and over and over again. We had to watch other shows over yeah. the course of the two years. Uh, but yeah, maybe there was nobody else confused except for us if you're watching Winona Earp. Or they're planning for that Netflix, which is why Winona became that cult classic. And so they don't want to do a weird gap thing. So they're just like, yeah, when it hits Netflix, it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think of the one reference? Uh, it was cute. One, because it, it comes from the sheriff. I can't even remember. Nedley. And Nedley, yeah. Yeah. so Winona's doing this very badass, like normal action hero prep, interrupts it so she can drink from her flask because this is Winona fucking herb. And then Nedley says, you done? It feels like I've been standing here for two years. Oh, <laughs> it was quick. They did it. Yeah, <laughs> they did it. Uh, at least it was just that and no more. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been. I am. So this is another show that I'm new to. And I just want to know, do I need to have like. What am I getting into with when I know when on Earth? Because this episode was like it was a whole lot. It Shit. seems delightful, but like, do I need to have Doom Patrol fear, or is this? Can I trust? Oh no 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 no! Uh, watching this episode, I I had you in mind, Cassie, because I just assumed it was your first time watching it, mm-hmm. and just. Before I watched it, I was like, Winona Earp is um, such a fucking Cassie show. I hope this episode doesn't let her down. And I would say that all of the lore, all of the backstory that you've missed for three seasons, that that could be a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe if you take a week off of work, like try to burn through it all. But as far as like just the general feeling of watching it, like this is is going to be your jam so hard. It's the most fun. Like it's so crazy because... It almost never makes me laugh, and yet every line is funny and delightful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not laugh out loud punchlines. It's just like, yeah, yeah, it's uh, just good warm, one. Bubbly feeling, yeah. For stuff like uh, clear eyes, full bra, can't lose. Like yeah. it's really written for people like us who also love pop culture. That's what I. Uh, found there's like- the self decapitation with the shears, so you get like not just dialogue fun, but also visual fun. That, you know, and that is what I'm looking for in a show. Just some decapitation. That's just fun and lighthearted, and that's what I'm really looking for. So I'm glad to know. But that, 
There's no uh, sex patrol equivalent yeah. of an episode of Winona Earp. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Good. What are you most confused about? What questions do you have that we could illuminate for you and the listeners who also need to remember Winona Earp? I mean, it's just, I guess I just need to know more of their, like, how they're all related. Like, is that Sheriff okay. Dude father? Is that Papa? Is Jimmy no, Buffett Dude Papa? He did say family, but he had a uh, contentious relationship with the Earp girls growing up because they were kind of like the black sheep of the town, but realized it's because he was taking care of them the whole time, and now they, they he's fully allied and friends. So when he says family, he, he means it in the way we say it, not okay. real flesh and blood family. Okay, cool. Uh, in the snow dimension is Waverly. That's Winona's little sister. Mm-hmm. She's engaged to Hot... The sh- uh, the deputy sheriff of the town mm-hmm. uh, who was Winona with my best friend, which was very emotional in this episode. Let's get to that in one second, Mike. Remember that. Uh, and then uh, Waverly is also in the snow dimension with Doc Holliday, the literal Doc Holliday, like Val Kilmer from okay. Tombstone. Okay. Wyatt, Wyatt Earp's best bud. This is Wyatt Earp's great grand great great granddaughter, and then also she's in love with her great great granddaughter's best friend they are in love with each other and, and doc holiday was a revenant he was like the one good revenant which is like a zombie who can still think basically and then last season he did become a vampire so he's a different kind of immortal so okay. thing uh and you might recognize him as it's tim rosen who we fucking love on this show and he was in vagrant queen yeah he was yeah Isaac. i had to yeah. do a double take on that because i was like that the boy he's still and just so, so to flesh out more is a so the the snow dimension is the garden of eden Okay. Uh, and it's this weird it feels like lost to me because they meet this crazy guy who self-decapitates himself you have to feed this thing mystery thing in a well with blood every like couple hours or it'll blow up the world or something so it felt like lost when they had to press that button in the hatch and they're stuck and don't know why it's fun you'd love it yeah i'm very excited for it um, and it's mainly because those characters like we normally have like the lead will be, like, a badass, which Winona clearly is, who has, like, all these one-liners and everything. But, like, everyone in the show is, like, a badass in a way. So I'm, I'm genuinely excited for this one. Yeah, I mean, like, not to sound hacky, but just because this is your first episode, I'll say this and never again throughout the season. But uh, you come for, like, the crazy ideas and the one-liners. But, like, watching all of these people grow into a family is, like, really what makes the show great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think two friendships got, like... One reminded us of them, two more solidified or or grown, and it was the Waverly and Doc one was very sweet. There was a couple moments in them trying to figure out Eden that was like how much they cared about each other uh, that tracked and was very natural. And these actors know their characters, and the show has built this up enough that it makes sense. And then there's Hot and Winona. Can we get back to that, Ryan? Yeah, okay, so... I wouldn't say con- like they had a contentious relationship in this episode, um, but I think previously they just haven't like had a ton of time to bond, right? Like Waverly was the connection between the two of them. They've been contentious before. There's been a bunch of times, Hot's like, if you weren't Waverly's sister, I would have rest you so many times. Like, and it's it's hard too because Hot is first of all like hard name to say. <laughs> like that is her last name. I promise. Uh, I'm not just saying that she's a good looking girl. Hot. Uh, or I'll say Nicole. Nicole um, is has a badge, you know. Yeah. Like she has these rules that she has to live by, and Winona is a vigilante, and so a lot of it is because of that. Mm-hmm. They also fight over how to care for Waverly. Yes. You know, like one of the reasons that they're both bastards is because they keep treating her as a damsel, even though she's a very she's very capable too. Um, 
But then in this one, Hot said, uh, Winona, you know, like, I expect more from my best friend or something. And it caught Winona off guard, and it caught me off guard. It really felt like the show, it's obviously a narrower cast, probably for those financial reasons alluded to in the intro paragraph. Uh, they want to bring everybody tighter. And this does feel comic booky, where it's like, let's just kind of retcon. Like, we didn't build up here, but from now on, we've been off for two years. You are best friends. Go. Because they're sick of having them fight the way they had the last two seasons. I mean, they literally trained out the city, right? Like, they took, they put all of the extras in the town of Purgatory on a train and got rid of them. Probably for financial reasons, like you said, Mike. And then, yeah, like, Hot needs a best friend. And so, you got to pick somebody who's on the the staff. You got to be like, uh, you. But there is... Now, Cassie... Cassie did not get a chance to see Jeremy, though. Like, were we missing Jeremy, or would that have been too much for this episode? I I, I miss Jeremy, but maybe get used to the tone of the show in general before throwing in Jeremy, <laughs> who will remind you that it is a show, and he's like one of us watching it along. Oh, God. I can't wait to see this character. Yeah, he, uh, he's their scientist. You know how every team needs a scientist? Mm-hmm. He's their scientist, but he's also, like, big fans of them. He had, like, somehow heard of all of them before... He joined the team. And then, okay, so is is there, like, a time travel aspect to this, too? Are there somehow, no. like, okay. He just somehow. Yeah, it's more dimensions and portals and, and shit. demon oh, okay. shit, yeah. Oh, the demon, the demon shit. Okay. And does it oh, have, like. demon shit. Do, have they said anything? So, like, they took a huge break and now they're back. Is this, like, do we know anything about when it's, like, final season is? Or are they just, like, back and going through it now? Like, are we going to get, like, a big, like, wrap up on this one? Or. I, they like they they came back and then they said here's the fourth season we did it and then there's there was no announcement of the last season like they I think they were like this is the fourth season can't wait for the fifth the sixth the seventh the problem is that they finally got the budget uh, filmed six episodes and then had to shut down because of COVID mm-hmm. so we're gonna get six of these and then oh, it's gonna go away for a, like a year again oh man the show can't catch a break. But that's what COVID, that's about. What a pain shows. in the ass! Yeah, COVID. It's it's a little. It's starting to get a little annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really care before now. Up until until it took Winona a second time. Then, yeah. But it does have. I will say this too. Uh, the zombies were. I kind of rolled my eyes because, although I don't like, I don't want Mike to yell at me because of semantics. I know he's anti-semantic. I uh, that I I don't know if they're technically zombies. You know, like, but whatever, like there's zombies in every yeah. way. Um, and we have so many shows that have that. So it's like, all right, Winona, get zombies out of your system, blah, blah, blah. But I really, Cassie, I think that the, the one, like the most Winona thing, as far as the tone of the show goes, more than the zombies, is having a, you know, 14-year-old female sniper. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of dumb shit this show does of like, <laughs> you just never know who's going to be under any mask. So, yeah, let's ground that a little. So they are after a black badge scientist who's supposed to be dead. There's rumored she's dead. Valdez, who knows about how to get into the Garden of Eden. And they show up at a black badge site that has been abandoned for a while. They start getting shot. I realize it's a 14-year-old sniper who's like, okay, fine. I'll help you find my mom. Because, of course, the scientist they're trying to find is her mom. But you have to be really quiet. Does not explain why. Just yells at them. And then Winona Winona's it up. And all the supposedly dead scientists who were there wake up and start tearing up and we get a pretty fun zombie montage 
And that's like, so I want to know with the show, because it, it is like a lot that was going on. Like, it felt like we had like three different stories and then they threw like zombies in there because we had like that whole Garden of Eden scene, which was like, to me, like this mystery, like bloodthirsty mm-hmm. thing. And then we had, you know, like getting family back together and then also zombies. But like none of it felt like too much. And I just want like, is there always this much going on on like each episode? Yeah, I mean... On the long, long list of reasons why we love this show, one of them is, all right, so no more ideas, so we're going to close this script. Oh, no, you have one more idea? All right, fucking throw it in here, bro. Like, <laughs> do it. Get, get it in. There's a haunted wonder. Let's go. <laughs> I'm not, like, just after this one episode, I'm not sure if zombies are going to be a part of the season or if they were like, oh, fuck. We haven't done it. We didn't, we didn't do a montage yet. And it really did seem like we just need the zombies to come out, so Winona Earp can fucking walk in slow motion and throw explosives and drink out of a flask at the same time. They're all like, the other two are really fighting for their lives, like hand to hand, and she's just throwing pipe bombs calmly behind her. I fucking love her. She's almost like a meta action hero in that she, it's not that she's in a movie and so you have to look cool. She's trying to look like she's in a movie, you know? Like she's putting her life in danger so that she could do things in a cool badass way she's such a fuck up guys she's such a fuck up i just everything i'm so glad like this is the tone of the show and always because like everything you guys are saying about this is making me even more excited to jump onto this and i can't wait for these six episodes that we get and like do we have um like so this seems are you guys excited for the season it seems like it's going to pick up exactly the same tone and everything like it's going to be just as good hell yeah Oh, yeah. All the writers, all the dialogue feels exactly the same. Um, but I'm way more excited for the next episode than this one because now I've got one under my belt again. You yeah. know, like now I'm like I can now like my feet have hit the floor and uh, I sort of know what's going on for the second episode. Whereas for this first one, I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> it, which one's Winona? <laughs> it's a lot to be thrown back into Winona. So now we dipped our toes in and we're ready. And uh, that is all the time we have for the main event, you guys. And Winona, when does this play? Oh, man. It's on Sci-Fi on Sundays, I think. On Sundays. You got to hit up that Sci-Fi channel. Watch Winona with us. And coming up next, we're going to talk about all the other shows we watched this week. We are here for the pull list. The first show starting this off is Doom Patrol. On this week's episode of Doom Patrol, Niles takes Dorothy to a carnival for one more day of fun before he puts her down for good. Unfortunately, he waits a little too long, and Dorothy is instead put down by something else. Her period. That's right, 105 105 years old and no longer a little girl, which means now she must be taken by her monster made of candles. That's some good-ass Doom Patrol right there. Meanwhile, Cliff makes up with his daughter, and Jane meets the father of one of her others, who used to lower her into a well when she was bad as a toddler. In case we haven't been clear as to what this season and this series is about... This week's episode was called Dad Patrol. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Despite showing a father lower a five-year-old into a well for being bad, is Niles Calder still the worst father in this episode for screaming no to the high heavens when finding out his daughter had a period? Yep, that is not how you're going to comfort her into growing up. Oh, for sure. Like, that is... Every time you feel like Niles can't get worse, like Doom Patrol finds a way. And it, it did it. I would have never thought it would go here. But look at us now. Such classic bad dadding. Uh, Patreon listeners know that uh, Mike and I have become incredible dads over the course <laughs> of recording today. Uh, Mike, would you ever 
scream at Glargle no. for having a period? I would cry and give Glargle such an awkwardly long hug and just keep telling Glargle how proud I am. Uh, uh, Dorothy runs into a bathroom stall because she does not know what's going on. And a woman who is working at the carnival comes over, a carny, I guess, which is not who you want to spend your first period with, um, and says, uh, I'm going to go get you a change of clothes. I'm going to help you out. Like, it's totally fine. This is normal. You know, I'm going to walk you through this. And then she says, what should I tell my dad? Dorothy says. And the lady says, oh, do not tell your father. Dude, don't tell him. He will not understand. It's like, this, this carny doesn't even know that it's Niles Calder. She just knows dads in general, they cannot handle the fact that you, this is happening to your body. That literally everybody knows it's very normal, very natural, but nope, can't tell daddies. It's going to break them down. I'm a but- little nervous about the rest of the season, which I think there's only one episode, because Jane and Dorothy are in real danger. Mm-hmm. And Niles and Cliff, who we've talked about as sort of Jane's father, Robot Man, um, and then uh, Harry or Larry Trainer, like he's also a bad father. It's going to be all up to all these bad fathers to like save them. And I really hope that Jane and Dorothy save themselves and each other. I'm so fucking tired of stories where heroes feel heroic because they rescued people from the the situations from that the they themselves they put them yeah. in. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. So Jane, Dorothy, next week, fucking figure it out yourselves, please. Or Rita saves them all. Or Rita does, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very interesting how, how split this whole season. I kept thinking they'd come back together at some point, but they've kept them apart. Yeah. I think this is going to go down as not do patrol's finest season of the two but rita is full-on uh superhero mode she's now the beekeeper she walks around in a beekeeper's outfit and uh punches people from far away with her long arms which is something that bees don't do so (laughs) i I don't know what the connection is but the weirdest part about this episode is we get yet another dream sequence where it's a opening credits of an old school tv show starring cyborg and somebody else uh, on this episode of Rita, sort of daydreams where he and or she and Cyborg are the Avengers and not like Marvels, but like yeah. Uma Thurman, Ray Fiennes, <laughs> Avengers. And this is so twice now, two characters have just been like, man, Cyborg and I should fucking be in a 70s TV show. <laughs> and that's weird. They know they got to make them better and they found the one way and that's just put them in a 70s TV show. That's the only option. Uh, Ryan, sure. was that your moment of the week, or do you got another one? No, my moment of the week is uh, Robot Man and his daughter. Like in the most normal part of the episode, even though her dad is a robot, and also he accidentally cooks a finger, thinking it's sausage, and almost serves his daughter a finger. Um, the daughter is very pregnant, and she says, "Do you have any food around here?" And Cliff, Robot Man, just starts screaming. He's like, "Fuck yeah, hell yeah! Do you want fucking pancakes?" He <laughs> gets so excited, and then it cuts the daughter, and she's like. I guess, man. I don't... Sure. And that's the appropriate reaction to pancakes. If that's all you have, if I'm forced to eat them, then I will have them. Stop. Everyone, stop being excited about fucking pancakes. That's my moment of the week. Is it just the pancakes? Like, does the pancakes need, like, if it had sides? Or do you just hate on pancakes? I need to clear this up. It's it's a food that uh, will... After one bite, you'll, you'll go from starving not to full, but to so full that you wish you were dead. Uh, like they they go bad faster than French fries. They just get cold and soggy. It's basically like it's just thoughtless, unimaginative dough that wow. fucking sucks. 
I, the, the second two things you said, I, I can't defend, but I do think maybe after one bite you get so full because you eat it like a cartoon where you put the whole stack <laughs> on one fork and eat it in a bite. So that's on you. Yeah, that's really on you. And we can't, I'm not going to stand for pancake hate on this episode or this show. I just simply won't. Pancakes are great. And do you think that they're better on- than, do you think they're better than French toast and waffles? Yes. Fuck no. <laughs> no, they're definitely number three in the dessert breakfast. For sure. French, French toast is that third one. What you oh, get the come hell on? Out of that's racism. That's you fucking anti-French person, oh, Mike. No, how French come toast I- is the French worst? Toast. Mike, how come every time I take the whole stack and put it in my mouth, I pull out fish bones? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Can you, you explain to to that one? I go dirt, 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 like a xylophone. You guys are broken human beings. Doom Patrol is on Thursdays on HBO, uh, HBO Max. Our next show of the week is Warrior Nun. On episode 8 and 9 of Warrior Nun, the OCS is on a mission to find the bones of a dude named Adriel because they're magical as shit. Magical biblical bones could really only be in one place, and I think we all knew we'd eventually end up at the Vatican. This means we get a full-ass heist episode, complete with opposing crossbow-strapped nuns, a demon-possessed Lilith, a slow-mo team walk down a hall, and a full-out attempt to pull off Operation Hot Priest. Despite all of this, Ava successfully phases through all the concrete of the tomb to find that those bones still be moving because Adriel is still alive. Taste Mike, I ask you, did this little Netflix show about warrior nuns pull off a good heist? Hell yeah. Then we got an episode of training. Just a pure episode of training and dealing with other things like Ava is getting trained the whole time and that's always fun and they're bonding. And then we also get Mary and Father Vincent. Like They have to get the things they need like so that... like. It, they, Netflix didn't know that we would go two by week, but these two were perfect together because it felt like a movie. And then the last hour is the heist. I Did mean, you guys... honestly, they sh- should have known we'd go two by two the way Joseph, Moses and Noah and Jesus attended. So, like, it's destiny. I really thought that me mentioning the pulling a fishbone out of pancakes would be the most memorable thing about bones in this episode. But the term magical biblical bones is <laughs> crazy. Magical ever. biblical bones. Did... <laughs> Did they do the classic heist thing of uh, we're going to need a Barney, we're going to need a uh, Betty White, we're going to need a Chicken Hen? Like, and there's all these weird titles for all the roles you play in a heist? No, that is where they failed. That's what, and that's kind of what bummed me out about the heist because the whole heist, like, all it relied on was Ava, like, phasing through a ton of concrete. So that whole, the whole training episode was just, like, get through this concrete, like, face your fears, get through concrete. But it didn't take, like. We got great character moments, you asshole. (laughs) I want. Her. I come for the intense heist. There was no heist music. I got no Ocean's Eleven vibes. I got none Fuck of that you, shit. <laughs> we, we we got the character moments of her and Beatrice getting close together. While that, we learn more about Beatrice's life, and then we get Mary and Father Vincent going to get that map they need, and learning that Father Vincent is covered in tattoos under his gear, yes. and he used to have a scary life, and he knows a fence and like breaks a guy's fingers. <laughs> And he's just afterwards, he's just like, I wish you hadn't seen that. You should have probably stayed in the car while Mary's like looking at him horrified. <laughs> that part was, I was so, that was the most unreal part. And that was their attempt. They fully went for hot priest on this one. Ryan, this priest man, full tattoos. And when they show it, he just rolls up his dress shirt sleeve, reveals tattoos. And I know what you're thinking immediately. Does he have, is it a full sleeve or is it a half one? Later on, he gets cut on the upper sleeve. It's full sleeves, my dude. He also takes off the little priest collar. Unbutton a little bit. He, they, more badass. More badass. They did it I, all. I think that makes him an ugly priest because he's ruining the body that God gave him. 
<laughs> it's uh, definitely not a. We, we've talked about how Buffy or how Buffy is like the antecedent to this show, and Giles was the very uptight librarian, and then we learned he was like a badass in his youth, and there's definitely that in this character as well. They just this is his version of being the Ripper. Yeah, and I do love that they had him with like Shotgun Mary, and to have like Shotgun Mary be like, "Bro, you were intense back in the day." Like that was yeah. It was if a good somebody character. named Shotgun Mary is telling you you're too intense. <laughs> It's it was a whole lot, but um, so you all four loved both these episodes. But yes, I loved both these episodes, and that like because they the whole through the Vatican, they're all dressed as normal nuns, not warrior nuns. Ava's getting under everybody's skin because she's trying to be very nun like and like blessing children, and they're like, "You need to fucking stop!" <laughs> <laughs> but she can't because she's Ava. Uh, you get the the crazy hallway fights between the the evil OCS and our now renegade OCS. Uh, Mother Superior jumping sides and learning that she used to be a warrior nun and the Halo rejected her. Like, it was just a lot of character moments and cool fight stuff shoved in here. For next year's Shushies, it's probably too late this year, but for next year's Shushie, we have to have a Shushie for best hallway fight. Like, yeah. it's given it. Yeah. Like, all the shows are giving them to us. For sure. And I feel like, so there was, like, we did get a reveal that, um, so Lilith came back to life and it turns out she was, like, she was stabbed by, straight up stabbed by that tourist demon thing. And then, like, as soon as she gets brought back to life, everybody just kind of accepts it. But I feel like since, like, with their background, they should be instantly, like, weary of this one. Like, this one came back, was stabbed by a demon. Like, obviously, there's going to be, like, demon powers in this one. And they were chill as hell with her. (laughs) Yeah, one of the best interactions was when, because Ava had been avoiding her for a while, they finally see. And Ava's like, I'm glad you're back. And Lilith is like, are you? She's like, I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You were kind of an asshole when you were alive before. Yeah. But how do you feel? So they, like, she's still possessed at the end, and she almost ruined the whole mission. But, like, it's yeah. just Shotgun Mary that talks her out of it. And I thought that was a cool, like, instead of, like, if it was just, like, nah, I'll straight up kill her, which, like, you know, do take her out. But then they, they went with the more, it was a very character-focused one, because they went more with, like, we can talk her down and show her that it's still a real right. Lilith. And that's a key to our shows, is fights cause budget, so talk to somebody until they remember their true selves. And that's just going to be on every one of our shows. But like, I like that their team now has two people with superpowers, but they're both kind of bad at what they do. Cause Ava's so young and doesn't always really want to do it. And Lilith is going to be fighting the demon in her. This is all fucking classic comic book shit. I love it. <laughs> and that cause Lilith doesn't realize it. She's walking down the hall and doing that creepy bad guy thing where her la- nails grow longer and she's carving it into the metal wall. But then she realizes it and freaks out and shakes her hand till the nails go away. Mm-hmm. It's super funny. It is. I'm, I'm into like that little storyline. I'm excited for that. And what I would be excited for is what do you think the chances are we get like a relationship between, I think it's Beatrice, sister Beatrice and Ava, the one who was like training Oh, that's her. growing. Yeah. For sure, that's growing. Because that is a 100% improvement over Instagram boy. Yes. So uh, they're, they're Is that guy still around? There. No. Mm-hmm. He ran away when that demon killed Lilith, and he has not stopped running. Classic boy. <laughs> Classic Insta boy. <laughs> that is perfect. But yeah, so now and then we have our boy Adriel is just straight up alive in that cave. So I don't know what's going to go on this next one. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm in for the finale, I think. Yeah, I think they're going to try to kill... Because one of the most badass moments is because they want to steal the bones so the evil cardinal doesn't get them. And Ava's like, rogue, because she's like, no, we're destroying them. No more demons. No more warrior nuns. All this shit is ending. And everybody's like, wait, that's kind of our whole religion, though. She's like, I'm not fucking religious. We're (laughs) killing them. Let's go. Uh, But now she has to decide whether she's going to kill the angel. Yeah. Big, big things happening. Uh, Mike, do you got a moment of the week from these episodes? 
Yeah, I have two. I have a, a quick dialogue one. And what, why I like the brick ones is uh, they're like, we need help training. And then J- Jillian Silvius just builds a 20-foot metal brick thing right away. And Ava's response of, do you have like a giant brick guy just on retainer? Uh, that got me hard. Ava's great. I'm sorry, and what? Then, oh, it was very good. I did not – I get what – good joke. Good jokes. Uh, and then when they're going into the Vatican and they're doffing the old, the normal nun stuff, the music kicked in. It was so cheesy, but they're like, now we're warrior nuns. <laughs> they all look badass, but the young warrior nun who's their hacker, they all look tough, and she's just smiling because she knows how fucking cool they look. <laughs> Little moments. I got to say real quick, Cassie, before you give yours. Uh-huh. Reading people's reviews of this show, which were mostly like, it was good, but you know, not perfect, and it sagged in the middle. And then listening to you guys, you were talking earlier about how Netflix didn't know you were going to watch it in these two-episode chunks. But did we crack the code? Like, all these people were like, uh, I watched 10 hours straight of this episodic television show, and it sagged in the middle, and I didn't like it. Whereas you guys watch two, wait a week, watch two, and are having a blast. So maybe don't fucking burn it out as fast as possible, people. Binging doesn't make things better. It really doesn't. Like you got to you got to step away from things. And I th- I we have cracked the code. It's for sure. 2 by 2. Again, the way the Lord intended. But my <laughs> moment of the week is you mentioned it already, Mike, but it was when they were like Ava like get it under control, start acting like a nun and she just instantly walks up to a child and like blesses her. Like that is just that was the perfect moment. I loved it. Um Warrior Nun is on Netflix. You can watch it whenever. Our next show is Agents of Shield. On this week of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., after escaping from Groundhog's Day, the team arrives back in 1983 when Nathaniel is using Kor to build an army of stolen and human powers, including recruiting a young John Garrett. Meanwhile, Daisy is tasked with protecting Ji Yang, but it turns out Nathaniel wants Simmons. Taste buds ask you this. After the shenanigans of the last episode, how is it to jump back into a normal S.H.I.E.L.D.-style adventure? That's, that's a question that I, like, halfway through this episode, I thought I was going to answer very differently then after finishing the episode it was sort of like paint by numbers typical procedural shield and then everything sort of all came together in this final act that was like even though like the locations don't change or we're running through hallways that look like they're on a spaceship or something and like it's boring uh everything in the third act was like fucked episode you actually pulled it off at the end yeah and you could see that they were they had those threads that seemed separate purposefully and then at the end they wove it all together like it's like they knew because when they're unpacking back into the lighthouse uh seuss is like pumped and may and daisy are bummed out he's like well i would have loved to have this kind of stuff they're like we've just spent a lot of time here like almost like yes we know the show has no budget for sets so we've spent a lot of time putting different colored streamers in the lighthouse and and thinking about it like with three episodes left which we've mentioned a dozen times in this podcast so far um Eventually, the time-traveling Legends of Tomorrow shenanigans had to end, and right. we got to get down to it. We have to like build up the villain, build up the heroes, have the big fight, and you know, like I didn't, I didn't see it coming. I didn't know that last one might be the last one. Um, mm-hmm. But then, after I was like over my initial disappointment, I thought it was fucking great. Yeah, it. So many good things are going. Is you're getting all these character moments, but the adventures themselves, like the, they know how to split a team and have everybody doing their own thing in a way that juggles and makes sense. Not like, oh, we have to go to the C plot now. It's you have a big cast and they've learned how to use them and who to pair with to keep it going. Yeah, nobody 
paired with Fitz. I can't remember anybody pairing with Fitz at all. No, nobody. Fitz, Fitz is on his own somewhere. And this is, I do love that, like, through so many of this show, all of our shows really, anytime somebody learns something, they hold it back as much as possible. But very quickly, Daisy was like, because hey, Gemma has the implant in her again. And Daisy's like, do you remember everything? And she was like, no, don't try to make me. She was like, okay. I'm worried Fitz might be dead because the way you reacted when we took that thing out. Which I've is, never seen anybody look that devastated. Which is literally word for word what we said on the last podcast. Like, Daisy yeah. listened, and she was like, oh, fuck. Simmons it's, was fucked up. Uh, uh, the only person who didn't Gemma's get... And like, I don't know. It's fine. It moves on. Yeah. And then gets kidnapped. Uh, the only person who didn't really get, like, a, a, a pairing or a plot line was uh, Melinda May, who... Um, Still got to kick the shit out of a villain. It's been a while since I've seen May go off like she was able to on uh, Bill Pullman Jr. Uh, Bill Paxton Jr., excuse me. Uh, It's weird to have Bill Pullman Jr. play Bill Paxton's (laughs) character at Young. But then the other time May shows up is, and I want to get to this right after this, uh, uh, Daisy is about to do something to Malik, and May runs by, shoots him a couple times, looks at Daisy, says, Oops, sorry, and then runs away, and then that's that's always here. (laughs) Uh, but Daisy watches Malik break the neck of her mom. Yeah. And then does not really even change her emotion on her face, just changes the emotion of the environment around her. And mm-hmm. I was, fuck, I was pumped up. I, I really thought that uh, she was going to go off on Malik so much that, like, my TV would crumple. Like, yeah. my actual world would start to fall apart. Uh, I, we were about to see Chloe Bennett go the fuck off, and then May ran around the corner. And shot him. And shot him. <laughs> yeah, it was, they did that so well, because, like, if she, like, cried or screamed, it could, the melodramatic, the not reacting on your face, just the whole building is now about to come down, worked, worked really well. Uh, and, yeah, I think seven seasons in, they just know when to pull back on when to go ham. And It's when the budget dictates. Huh? It's when the budget dictates. Yeah, that helps a lot. Uh, but yeah, he's early in the episode. He's bragging that like, given the year that he stole her, her powers, he's now had them longer. But he's pretty emotionless, and he doesn't know superhero rules is the more emotional you are, the more crazy powerful your powers will get. Uh, we haven't talked about uh, Garrett. Yes. Um. So, did you know while did you guess while watching who this actor was? I would. I was like, the way he can do only sometimes Bill Paxton's voice is uncanny. See, and then, I thought the voice was in and out. I didn't think it was great, but the fucking toothy grin. He has exactly it was they cast Bill Paxton's son because Bill Paxton's real son. His real son because Bill Paxton is older and dead. And the way he would like that psychotic smile that I remember yeah. from like uh aliens and uh weird science, like he, Shield. It's the same teeth. Yeah, same same teeth. The, the, the whole time I was like, is this young Ward? He would be too young. And then, yeah, the, once he smiled at Nathaniel when they're playing darts, I was like, oh, I don't remember that guy's name yet, but I know who this is now. Yeah. And his energy, like, he's very evil but thinks everything is awesome. Uh, I really liked. I could use him on the show for much more time. And then I think we do this every week, but this was a big Malik episode. How how are you feeling? Are you scared? And do we like? Do you think this is more of a performance, or is it sort of like a Karina Longworth? I just say some weird words, weird, and that's sort of all I'm doing. Yeah, I, I 
there's sometimes like a few episodes ago when he was like, oh, that was awesome. When Daisy had like an action hero line. That like, was I liked neat. That. Yeah. That, Good uh, job. But other stuff. Yeah. It's like, you should be really cool. But he does feel like an 80s villain where now we're like, that isn't cool. And he's so skinny and smart. Like he's not really threatening. And we've seen them deal with smarter people. His like, he's anti-shield. He's anti-hydra. He's anti-inhumans. Like he keeps saying anarchy, but he really does feel like that kid in the back of your class who was like carving the anarchy symbol into the desk. But all he meant is he won't throw his crystal Pepsi bottle away. Right. Like, <laughs> like all he meant was I'm not ex- I, like I. It's too stupid to just call myself evil, like just to say that I'm a common villain. So I'll come up with some other like ideology. But it's bullshit. Like there's so many contradictions to everything that you say. All you are is just a fucking little brat. That's all he is. And because it does feel like the the season's like he's the big bad now, but I think it's always going to be Sybil. I think the Chromicons are going to kill him in an episode or two, and the last episode or two is going to be fully our team versus robots. I mean, there's got to be our team versus somebody, and right now I'm not sure who that is. When Sif and Deathlock and Ghost Rider Ghost from Rider? Shield and and Nicholas Cage Ghost Rider at the same time uh, go up against a big bad, I'm not sure who that is right now. It, I mean, it even seems yeah. like. Cora, Malik's best weapon, and Daisy's sister is taken out and probably on the side of good now. So I'm not sure what Malik is going to do. Yeah, and that I think that's when a lot of the old hits will come back. He'll just jump around time and grab all the villains from the show. So our draft is going to go well. Like all the heroes, all the villains, they're all back. We're all getting 100 points. All of us, 100%. Uh, Ryan, do you got a moment of the week? Yeah, it has to be. It's 100%. Uh, at the end, when Bill Paxton Jr. Uh, is flying the plane away. And Malik, you can tell in Malik's face, he's already done with this guy. Because he's so yeah. annoying. Like, he he wishes that he never gave him a power. But Malik is flying the plane away. And, or, I'm sorry, uh, Bill Paxton Jr. is flying the plane away. And Malik walks away. And Bill Paxton Jr. is like, fuck it. Spaceships and getting to power. Best day ever. <laughs> and he doesn't get a response. And then he just he goes to the back of the ship. He's like... Best day ever, right? Isn't it right? <laughs> Isn't it though? And man, oh. douchebags. There's been douchebags since the dawn of time, guys. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, Mike, what about you? Moment of the week? Yeah, mine is also BPJ. Uh, he just got his powers, and he he's like, "It's crazy. I appeared here and disappeared, and then reappeared over there. What? There, there should be a word for that." And Colson. Uh, who's been kidnapped is like it's called teleporting uh and he's like oh thanks phil and like just one anybody calling colson phil and just like they are on opposite sides they were trying to kill each other a half an hour before but his like giddy enthusiasm like he meant that thank you more than anybody ever has it was i i want this guy on more shows as this character and once you get a phil it's just more personal that's that's when you're real friends when you get to get to call him phil uh, I wish that shoot. this guy, I wish this character was on the show more and in my life less. I wish I knew fewer <laughs> versions of this person. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on Wednesdays on the ABC. Our final show of the week is Stargirl. On this week's episode of Stargirl, Courtney finds out her re- who her real dad is, and instead of the superhero dad she thought she had, he turns out to just be your typical piece of shit deadbeat dad. Learning this truth about her father does leave Courtney feeling insecure and unfit to be a superhero. But the message of this week's Stargirl is that anyone can be a superhero no matter where you come from. And that includes a lowly page turned janitor, a high school, a lost high school kid, and a stepdad with a surprising right hook. Taste buds, I ask you, 
Can you believe the show is adding yet another shitty dad? Man, it's like Doom Patrol over here, am I right? It really, like, we just had an episode where a dad killed his son, and they were like, we can do another one. Let's, we have another one to add. <laughs> I can't fucking believe that through the course of this one episode, not season, episode, Courtney went from, you're not my dad, Starman's my dad. Okay, I've accepted that you're my dad. Okay, I'm going to try to build a relationship with you and forgive you. Uh, oh, I see that you're a fucking dirtbag and a piece of shit. And that was 10 minutes of the episode, and it worked. Yeah. They hit all of those beats in 10 minutes, and it totally worked. It's it's sharp, concise writing, and it really is. Ben Beckett? What is her name? <laughs> Breck Beckett? Courtney the, uh, is, is great. Most kid actors, even like young teen, early 20s actors, aren't great, and she can hold a lot on her shoulders. She really holds the show together. Do you know what it is? It's like, it's just cut the dialogue. If you, if you talk, you're going to – it's going to be stupid, you know? Like, we're not sure about the writers. We're not sure about the actors. Uh, cut the dialogue. Let's just put the camera on your face. And she fucking killed it. Yeah. Because it helps, it helps so much because there is, like no, – there would be a huge moment of, like, like, a lot of distrust with that guy. So you get, like, that short walk with her where he's just walking her to school but then, like, slowly weighs her down and, like, they go to, like, breakfast and everything. And you could see, like, each moment still her weighing, like – do I trust this guy or not? But it's all I've ever wanted. So, and you get right. that like solely from her face. They're saying very little, but she is just carrying it so hard. Man, this is this has been a podcast all about lockets. I uh, I think that the star of this episode is Courtney's face, and I want to bring that up when we talk about the end of the episode as well. Um, but all of that Courtney face was great, but it paled in comparison to her getting back into the house after all of it, and motherfucking Pat just being. Hey, I'm always here. I'm everything that you've ever wanted in a dad. And she sort of like glares and she's angry and then it changes and it melts and she hugs him and guys fucking Stargirl. I swear to God. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's been building this whole season, but when he, when the dad first shows up and she doesn't know what to do, she starts to walk away and Barbara follows her. She's like, no, I just want to talk to Pat. And that moment and then Barbara dealing with it and then Mike interrupting them and Pat yelling at Mike, which it sucks. <laughs> I know we hate Mike, but like it, he's a 13 year old kid. So much is going on and he yells. He's like, why don't you tell me anything? What did I do wrong? It was pretty heartbreaking. It was, I thought it was a little overwrought. I thought it was a little, uh, but you know, like lifetime movie, but fucking Pat Luke Wilson, who can do nothing wrong. Mike comes in and he's like, Hey guys, everything. Okay. And Pat is like, Mike, you get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm talking to my real kid now. This is a family talk. Get the fuck out of here. Or but when did- Barbara says, I'm, I'm going to take, uh, this might have been last episode, but uh, I'm going to take Courtney and leave. And uh, Pat's like, yeah, you should do it. And Barbara's like, well, what about Mike? And Pat's like, oh, yeah. Fucking fu- <laughs> take Mike, dude. I, I don't <laughs> I give a shit. Another. And th- this is an episode with all that like real emotional parental stuff. We also got Justin, Sir Justin, uh, hallucinating and seeing a heavenly stripes and that's what leads him to pat to find it like (laughs) luke wilson dressed in his like 13 year old boy's outfit smiling from the clouds was the best fucking thing oh man (laughs) that's everything if you're not watching you got to be watching this it's unreal people who are just listening to this don't understand that uh when we're doing the shishies uh if you're in live in studio there's little clips playing when we announce each nominee and when we do best actor and fucking Luke, like, the clip will definitely be Luke Wilson turning around in the clouds, waving hello as Stripe. There was... And, 
talking about the parents though because there was um we did get a lot of growth between like just more character moments with them where like courtney did start to accept barbara like i felt like it was a good episode for mm-hmm. barbara too because there was eventually she starts to like i thought the move that i really liked from barbara that they did was when um she apologized for reaching out to that dad it was way back in the day but she was like you know like i should have never reached out to him i knew who he was and like i should have protected you from that which i feel like is like a scene that's like overlooked a lot in like episodes like they didn't need to have that but that was a really like connecting moment for them yeah i think she feels guilty because he walked out on them where barbara thinks that she should have walked out on him long before that she waited for him to make the decision but the decision was clear he sucks and she should have gotten her daughter away from that and then in the meantime she's having a whole debate in this episode because barbara's been through a lot over the last three episodes of taking her daughter out of the town which was her plan and now she's like i think i have to leave my daughter here mm-hmm. yeah that, that that was a great barbara moment is she was, tells pat they should call the police and he's like well they own them you should get out of town and barbara who has no powers who doesn't know if her daughter should fight crime says yeah but they killed a boy yeah like she is just like a good person and parent here and so many times these shows make a nagging wife nagging mom character and they're handling her so well yeah Barbara is also a hot piece of ass, according to Icicle. Is Icicle changing all of his plans in order to bang Barbara? Yeah, and Brainwave calls him out. Brainwave is like, because Jordan says, no, you can't kill them. And he's like, I killed my wife and son for your bullshit. You're hesitating to kill some random you just met a few weeks ago? Are you kidding me? Oh, man. Icicle is horny for Courtney's mom and is going to... Like, he, all he's supposed to do is, like, change the world to be better, according to Icicle. And he's like, nah, fuck that. Barbara, baby. <laughs> change the world for Barbara in my life. We do got, at the end, though, he is just, like, straight up, like, that was another Mike moment where they're, like, it was unreal. Because he was like, you know, take Barbara out, take out the family. And he was like, and make sure you get Mike, too, because we can't have a legacy running around. Like, you don't got to worry. A legacy with Mike? What the yeah. fuck well, do you think Mike is capable of? <laughs> He's going to teach himself how to drive that robot and then instantly kill himself. He's not going to do well. How did, speaking of legacies, how did you guys feel when, like, so Courtney's like, Starman's not my dad, which I do want to say I told you so early on. Ryan was like, this is bullshit just because, like, she inherited it. And I was like, I don't think it's her dad. Uh, Wait, hold on. I said that it wasn't. Victory. Oh, man. you're That's, come on. Uh, and then she's like, the staff won't accept me. And Rick's like, well, the staff is stupid then. <laughs> None of it, like, these two are the best heroes meaning Beth and Yolanda, because Rick knows he sucks, uh, and they're not a legacy. Did that work, or did it seem a little cheesy? Oh, yeah. like it, The show started with, uh, because of Courtney and Rick, Like it's just in your DNA. And now Rick is the only one, and it's clearly not the case. And I got some like major Episode 7 vibes. You know, The best of the newer Star Wars trilogy of, like, fuck, fuck that. Fuck that trope, that cliche shit where like, your parents are great, so therefore you're great. Uh, right. And yeah, like it's I mean it's it's a little cheesy like it's the other tire trope is something won't work until you need believe. it to and yeah, believe in yourself, which is just as stupid, but still it works in it works better than parents. It's stupid, but the fact that she grabbed Pat and Barbara yeah. to make it work and have them be, I just tears. It <laughs> it was so just like I didn't know you can make a teenage show where they get along with their parents. I didn't know that you could, on the CW, or even in a movie, shoot that scene for that long. There, like, There's a huge chunk of this episode where it is Courtney beaming at her staff, and the staff beaming at her. And it takes a long <laughs> time, 
and it was so earned and worth it. Like at no point was I like, all right, get on with it. I was like, ten minutes more, baby, of just these two staring at each other. Yeah, absolutely. I not. think you hit pause. It gave you. It gave me the proper amount of time to literally run a lap in excitement, just like <laughs> you know, just back. Like, and it's insane to have like this CW show. Like you go through so many highs with this show. It's so fun to watch. I love it. But uh, real quick, we got to talk about we got Janitor Boy, our little Silver Knight or whatever. He is fully Shining on Knight. the team. Shining Knight, you guys. I'm so excited for this guy to be in on here. Can't wait. Yeah, his when he rolls into Pat's garage. Beth's just like, hey, that's our janitor. Why is he carrying a sword? <laughs> it was fucking perfect. Yeah, the uh, fact this is that also, he's carrying a huge sword. This is also uh, when I get the shit-talking on liberals, where like sometimes it does go too far, where uh, a guy who looks very mentally unstable, borderline homeless, walks in with a sword, says, I'm going to kill all of you. And Pat's like, hold on, hear him out. We got to give him a chance. You know, We got to make sure that he's okay. Fucking... No, you got to get rid of that person. <laughs> Stepped out of the year, man, Pat. Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. Do you got a moment of the week? Uh, I've got a couple. One we sort of covered. Uh, it's it's Mike. It's him going like, hey, oh, yo, Dave, what did I do wrong? You know, I'm just standing over here being Mike. <laughs> it's like, what, what am I here? Like, what am I walking here? And then Luke Wilson yells at him. And yeah, because... What you did wrong is you just fucking all you do is eat pancakes. Those are disgusting. You're getting you're gonna die of diabetes by the time you're 15. Mike, I want you to get the fuck out of here. And he's like, hey, I get it. You know, <laughs> fucking Mikey. Uh, but the other one is the scene we were just talking about where um, Pat sort of recognizes the shining knight, and he's like, hold on, wait, is your name Justin? And then it cuts to him, and he's wearing a jumpsuit with a giant Justin patch <laughs> right here. Yes, his name is fucking Justin. It is on his chest. It's such a safe bet, Pat. <laughs> Not a fucking read, Pat. Uh, Mike, what about you? Moment of the week? Uh, it was alluded to earlier. It is after Sam leaves, but before Pat punches him out. But he tells Courtney, he says, if you need to yell at someone, if you need to let it out, I can take it. Whatever you need, I'm here. And just like, ah. Uh, it's so, uh, such uh, a good scene. It's unreal. Mike, can you imagine the people we would be if we had that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so powerful. <laughs> And, like, we didn't talk about the punch enough, but it was a little cheesy, a little eye-rolly, but I needed it yeah. so bad in my life for, to watch that. that. And then his line, you're lucky I'm busy right now? <laughs> Fuck yes, yes dude. <laughs> like, I would sit here and curb stomp you if I wasn't. <laughs> that is what the implication is. Just so excited. As soon as Pat was, like, running down the street to catch this guy, I was like, Fuck yeah, I need all of this 100%. And they did not disappoint. And that is, like, it was. there's so many great moments of this one, but that is, like, a moment of the week for me. Also, we talked about that hug because it was just the most precious thing ever and like 100% like what everyone needs. And then my other moment of the week is when um, the janitor is like trying to find Stripesy because he recognized Stripesy and how he's doing that. He's in his little like janitor closet and he has an ad from for uh-huh. Pat's garage. Oh, and it's just like a giant head of Pat on like a stick figure mechanic. <laughs> it is the funniest thing ever. And he's just like, I got to find Stripesy. And it's just that photo of Pat. It's the hey, greatest Mike. show. Mike, we're gonna figure out when Cassie's birthday is, if she even has one. I do not know. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get that flyer. We're gonna blow it up into like a giant poster and then frame <laughs> it for her wall. Oh, there could be no greater gift if you got me a fat head of mechanic Pat. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? That would be my most prized possession. I'd pass it down to all generations. You guys, legacy. All the legacy. It's so important. Uh, Star Girl is on Sundays on the DCU. Mondays on CW. You should be watching it. It's fantastic. And that is the final show this week. We have done it. We're wrapping it up.
So, Mike, you know you got to tell us about some websites. Yeah, I do. Europopfilter.com is where you can go to get all of the stuff we do. Throw a little slash Amazon on there. Make that your bookmark. You're going to shop, but now it helps us. And also, the very soon-to-be first trillionaire. But us. We could use some little kashish. Uh, then go over to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Uh, pick a tier. And then we will give you extra content and lots of fun things uh, for the cost of a cup of coffee a month. It's it's, it's fun. You'll love it. And then rate this podcast.com slash superhero to rate this podcast.com slash superhero. <laughs> That's all you need to know. That's it. Ryan, can you tell us about the other shows? The other shows that Mike sort of mentioned, uh, the first one is Movie of the Year, where uh, me and Mike and our friend Greg challenge each other to determine what is the single greatest movie of any given year. Right now, we are working on 1985. And then also, if there's too much me and Mike on this show and you want more Cassie, well, actually, same amount of Cassie, but more different people than us two. Uh, Unnatural 20s is the other show that Cassie is on. And then if you like shows that are on hiatus, the OCD, you can still, like, it didn't go away. You can still listen to that show. I love show. shows that are on hiatus. <laughs> those, are the, those are the best because th- there's no new episodes that, like, yeah. you know, put pressure on you to listen to them. Oh, thanks. More homework, guys. <laughs> now you just catch up. It's perfect time. And, Mike, everybody is trying to reach out to us. They just don't know how. How can they get in contact with us? Hey, idiots. <laughs> at your pop filter yeah. on Twitter, on Instagram, and then I don't know. Contact at yourpopfilter.com. Try it for once in your goddamn life. <laughs> I think we could have taken a different tone with it, but that was the information, and I guess that's all I asked from you. So thank you for that. And you guys, you idiots, if you're going to tune in next week, it is a big <laughs> show that we got. There's tons of. This is the biggest show we've ever done. I think. Yeah, it's crazy. It legitimately is. We are taking on two main events because it is that big. So next episode, we are covering the season finale of Doom Patrol, also season finale of Warrior Numb, and can't forget the premiere of Umbrella Academy Season 2. Gotta check in with that monkey and everybody. It's gonna be big. Thank you for listening. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I am me. Bye, everyone. Bye.